Hey guys, this is Ray Peoples. I'm the campus pastor at New City Church in Merriam, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and special thanks in advance to those of you who give generously to New City. You're the ones that make this ministry possible. And to partner with New City, click the link in the description below. I hope this message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. And if it does, don't forget to subscribe, share it on social media, and send it to your friends. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. I was just going to see how many I could get out of you. All right. Well, good morning. Glad you're with us today. My name is Ray. I'm our uh, campus pastor here, and uh, glad that you're with us. How many of you walked in the room this morning and you're like, Matt Mann's up there with a guitar, right? Like, man, hidden secret right there. So if you're another person out there that has like this hidden talent, just like come forward, right? And so uh, we want to use you, man. Thanks for using your talent and stepping out of your, I don't know if that's in your comfort zone or out of it, but thank you. Like, I just want to say thank you for that. And so, and I know that Morgan appreciates it and, and growing her team and helping out. And so like, man, if that's you, like if you are awesome at something and you're just hiding it, like let us know, okay? Uh, because we can totally use you, all right? Uh, but uh, glad to be back with you. Uh, we, were, we were gone last week on some different things. And so glad to be back with you. I found myself like missing being here, which is a good thing, right? Not like, oh, well too bad, right? But it was a good thing. Like I missed you guys and being with you and sharing with you. And I don't know about you, all right? But for us in these past couple of weeks, we've started Financial Peace University. We've started talking about this thing of, of margin and managing our time, right? And all these different things. And I don't know about you and your family, but here's what's happened to us. Like we learned about Murphy's Law this past week at Financial Peace. Like Murphy has come to visit our house, right? And things are starting to happen and just all these different things. But then we're talking about this idea of managing our time and looking at our time. And this past week, I feel like, was probably one of our busiest, most stressful weeks since we have moved to Kansas City. Right? But here we are, trying to apply biblical principles to our life, trying to do what God's asking us to do, and in that we find opposition. And in the opposition, we find ourselves a little bit surprised. Like, yeah, sure, of course our ceiling in our sunroom would fall in. Like, great, right? But those things happen when we're going and pursuing, I feel like, when we're pursuing Jesus. And so we kind of sit there and go, well, then why would we want to pursue Jesus? Well, because once we pursue through that, it's so much better, isn't it? It's so much better. And so uh, here's truly what I believe Satan desires for you, okay? Here's this. He would rather have you living an average life with a busy schedule and little or no money than have an obedient, high-capacity following of Jesus and being influencers for the kingdom. That's where he would far rather have you be sitting. And so in the toughness that you might be experiencing in either Financial Peace University or you might be experiencing with your time management right now, man, press through. Press through because God desires so much more for you and, and the things that are happening in your life. All right? Now, let's kind of take a moment here and look back for a moment over these past several weeks and what we've been kind of looking at and looking through. Okay, so week one, we looked at the problem. Like, what is the problem? And the problem that we kind of uh, put our, sunk our teeth into, if you will, all right, was this, is that so many Christians say they don't have enough time to read and spend time in God's Word and growing their relationship with Jesus. That's the problem. Because of our what? Because of our schedule and our busyness. We just don't have the time or the capacity. 
And so we started in week one with this idea of, okay, that's the problem. Here's the problem. And then week two is when we started going, okay, now we're going to chip away at the problem. We're going to break down the problem. And so week two, we kind of had this little play on words, right? And we said, we're going to tell time, okay? But the way we're going to tell time is we're going to tell time what to do. Time's not going to tell us what to do. It's not going to manage our schedule. We're not going to be, if you recall, Stretch Armstrong, right? Our life isn't going to look like this in every direction. We're going to go, nope, we're going to tell time what to do. And we're going to manage our time. And we gave you this cool calendar. Maybe some of you thought it was the most craziest thing ever, right? But we gave you this calendar and we kind of ask you, hey, begin to break down your time intentionally and begin to look at it. And the standpoint of abiding or sitting with Jesus, right? And then your rest, being intentional in your rest and the time that you rest and then work. Many of us work. And so it takes up a majority of our time, but then also this idea of relationship and what that looks like within the context of our week and even within the context of our month, But one of those pieces we talked about was work, right? There's a lot of red up there. And so in week three, we talked about work may be the avenue that God has given you to be an example and to pour into the lives of others. And so when we talk about work, man, let's work to our full capacity. Let's be the best worker in the room because people might be looking at our lives and going, there's something different about that particular person. And then that allows us an opportunity to share, yes, this is why I work so hard with what God has given me, all right? Then there's that relationship piece in the calendar as well, the blue, okay? The blue. And so we talked about last week this idea of coming around the table and using the table to build relationship. Jesus used the table to build relationship, and he used the table to build relationship with sinners, his closest disciples, his closest followers, but also those that he wanted to get close to. And he used the table as an opportunity to instruct and guide those people. But also, most importantly, he used the table to build relationships. All right? So today we're going to continue on with that idea of building relationships. All right? But we're going to talk about the context of the relationship with the family. And your family, all right? So maybe hopefully at this point, we're four weeks in, now five, maybe we've found some margin, okay, in our time. Maybe you've kind of broken down the calendar and you said, all right, Thursday night is going to be family night. Like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to hang out. We're going to do only family things. It's going to be protected. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we had this full crazy week from like Saturday to, uh, I think it was Wednesday night. We had something every night and we had full days as well. We got to Thursday and there was something else that popped up and we're like, no, we are staying home as a family. We're going to play some board games and eat food together. Like that's what we're doing tonight because it's going to be family night. We need a family night. And so I encourage you to find those times where you can do that. Okay. But here's the thing now. As we're talking about this idea of family, how do we intentionally use margin to strengthen our children and our families? All right, now I understand there's some of you in the room that you're sitting there going, okay, I don't have children, right? Or I'm single, but here's the thing. You have an opportunity as well to grow and strengthen as a family or with family. Or if you don't have family here, find a family in the church and let's grow that family, right? But let's come together and grow as families. So how do we pour into the lives of our children and our families? Okay, so we've been talking about these biblical principles, living like Jesus and practicing the works of Jesus, the rhythms of Jesus, all right? 
Now, Jesus told his disciples in John 14, he said this. He said, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Okay? So whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. So if you are believing in Jesus, then your works of your life are going to begin to look a little bit like the things of Jesus. And so what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus grew his intentionality and relationship, but then he also spoke into family. All right? So here's the thing. We need to use those opportunities to communicate into our families because time is running short. Now, we have a lot of young families, a lot of young babies, a lot of pregnant people. Like we got a lot, like you guys need a TV. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so we have all these families, but here's the thing, all right? These M&Ms represent 18 years, okay? 936 weeks that you have with your child. Now, here's something scary when I started looking at this, okay, is this. This is how much time I have left with my oldest son. These are gone. This is how much time I have to continue to pour into his life, continue to direct him in the ways of Jesus, and continue to grow him before he turns 18 and hopefully gets out of the house, right? If he doesn't, that's okay. But that's how much time I have left. The majority is gone. Like, this is what's left. We don't have a lot of time to grow our children. Maybe some of you in here are, uh, you have older kids, and you're like, yeah, we've only got a couple years left. Or maybe you're empty nesters, and you're like, I don't have any years left. Like, I've, I've eaten all my M&Ms, right? Like, they're gone. Time is gone. But that's what we now have to look at is, okay, we have, we have said we're going to make this time intentional. Let's pour into that time. So what does that look like for us? Okay, well, here's the question I want to ask you this morning. How do you want to use the M&Ms that you have left in your families, all right, or time? How do you want to use the time that you have left in your families? Proverbs 9, 90, verse 12 says this, okay? It says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom, all right? So gain a heart of wisdom. So how do we gain a heart of wisdom when we're talking about our children? Well, I think we can look forward and say, okay, this is where I would like them to be. This is where I would like them to go. This is where I would like for them to live their life and how I would like for them to live their life, okay? And so you remember we talked about like making our time intentional. This is a piece of it. Your family and your children, you've got to pour into your children. Now, Genesis 2 kind of gives us the direction and the plan for our children, all right? That they will leave, that they will step out of the house, okay? And that they're not going to necessarily stick around. But as parents, we want to set them up for success. We want to set them up for success. Okay? And so Proverbs 22.6, it says this. And maybe you've heard this before. But it says, teach a youth about the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right? Teach him as his youth. Okay? Now, the NLT puts it this way. And I, I, I think this is a little bit more kind of where we want to go today. And it says this. It says, direct your children onto the right path. Notice that word, onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Okay? Now, I love that. Like, direct your children on the right path. Point them, if you will, in the right direction. Now, have you ever had one of those wind-up toys, and you wind it up, and you point it in a direction, and then you let it go, and it veers off to the right, or it veers off to the left? Now, I'm not saying that once you point them in the right direction, they're absolutely going to go that right direction. 
but we've got to get them at least in the right direction, right? And so if we're not pointing them towards the things of Jesus, and then they get to 18 and they go, well, I'm not a follower of Jesus, but you've never pointed them to Jesus, how can you expect them to be a follower of Jesus? Now, in student ministry, I had a, a parents and adults who would come to me, their kids would leave our student ministry, then they would go to college, they'd never go to church again, they weren't followers of Jesus, right? All these different things, and they'd come back and they said, I feel like a terrible parent. No, no. You pointed them towards the things of Jesus, but guess what? They still have a choice to make. Are they going to be a follower of Jesus? But that's why it's so important to make their faith their own, right? Not for it to be your faith, but for it to be their faith. And so when they are sent out as a missionary, if you will, if the verbiage, if you want to use that verbiage, then they know, man, I'm, I'm going after Jesus. And I, this is why I trust and believe in Jesus, because they're sent out of the home in that way, all right? So, okay, so we've found margin in our lives. All right, we've, uh, uh, we've intentionally set this time aside, and we might be sitting there going, okay, what does this begin to look like? Like, yeah, that's, where I wanna, that's what I want to do. I want to point my children and my family towards Jesus. Okay, what does that begin to look like? Well, Deuteronomy 6 is a verse that we use a lot in the context of family, but man, it lays it out perfectly for us. Like, this is how we can do it. This is what we can do, all right? And it says this. Are you ready? Here's, here's, here's the family formula, okay? Verse 4. Chapter 6, Deuteronomy 6. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. All right? So it's established. This polytheism thought, multiple gods, they're saying, nope, Lord our God is one. He is it. That's the one we're going to follow. That's who we choose. Okay? So they've now nailed that down. This is it. That's who we're going to follow. Okay? And then he says this in verse 6. He says, these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Okay? Whose heart? Your heart. Your heart as the parent. Right? Your heart as the parent. These words are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Verse 7. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you're walking along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now, again, where does it start? Starts on our hearts. Starts on our hearts as the parent. Then we begin to talk about it with the child. And let me, t- let me give you a little tip, a little hint. It's never too early to start. You're like, well, my kiddo's not even walking. That's okay. Begin to point them towards the things of Jesus. Begin to point them in that direction. But then it says next, what? Talk about them when you sit in your house. And when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. But here's the funny thing. Like, if you're never at your house, it's hard for you to sit down and talk about it at your house. I find it funny that he says, write it on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. But if you're never at your house, then it doesn't matter. You can write it up there all you want. Right? There's got to be time for your family to intentionally pursue this mission that God has put us on. And to have the opportunity to sit and to be a family. All right? Now, that's great and all, okay? So there's the formula. But what does that look like for us? All right? It, be, it looks like this, that we begin to live counterculturally a little bit. Like Johnson County is number one for do, do, do. Is it not? Like, hey, we've got this agenda, and this is where we're going, and these are the things we're doing. Go, 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 go. 
Go, 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 go. And in fact, it's common in all of suburbia, isn't it? Like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to allow our calendar, right, to manage our life. Our calendar is going to run where we're going and what we're doing. But here's what I want to challenge you today is say, nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to pursue Jesus first. And then if we have all these other things going on, absolutely. Sports, dance lessons, all those different things. Like, we're going to go do those things, but it's not going to control our life. Okay? But also, we're going to point our kids in the way that we should go. So, how do we do that? Like, what are some practical steps in the daily of doing that? All right, I want to give you three things here that maybe can help you as we walk through this. All right? The first one is this. Your phrases. Okay? Your phrases, the phrases you use, the things that come out of your mouth, and the way that you speak into your children, all right? And so it allows us then for them to see the story of Jesus moving in their lives. So example of this for us is we're sitting at the breakfast table, okay, and we're ready to go for the day, and it's not simply, hey, I hope you have a good day. But it's actually challenging my boys and saying, all right, how can you be an encouragement to somebody today on your, at, at school? How can you be encouragement like Jesus is an encouragement to others? Or how can you be a servant? How can you help somebody or help your teacher today? And it's funny, when we first started that conversation, the boys were like, I don't have a clue. But now, like they'll come get in the car after we pick them up and they'll start talking about the things that they did that day. Like I helped so-and-so. I helped Phoebe with her, her pencil fell on the floor. Like, it's a little thing. Like, I helped Phoebe pick up her pencil off the floor. But it's, it's cool stuff like that where they're beginning to see this servant heart, and we're pointing them towards those things, right? We're pointing them in that direction. So the phrases and the language we use, all right? And it gives them a lens to look at, and a lens to go, okay, this is how we spend our time, our money, our energy, and, and even more as a family. I, I think I told our financial peace group a couple weeks ago that, you know, we've been talking about like budgeting with our kiddos. And the other day, uh, two Sundays ago, Owen comes in afterwards and he says, is it in the budget for us to go out to eat? Right. But then that gives us a chance to say, well, here's the thing, buddy. Like probably not number one, but number two, this is why we're looking to budget because we want to be more generous with our money right? We'd like to send you guys to college. Like we begin to speak into that, but what are they? We think oftentimes like they don't hear it. No, they're hearing it. They're hearing it, but we got to give them the lens to why the heck can we not go eat? Well, here's why we can't go eat because we want to grow in our generosity and grow in our finances. All right. So it's our phrases we use. The next one is this, is our passions. Okay, our passions, and we've talked about this a little bit before, like the things that you are bent towards, all right, not that you're bent towards them, right, but that that's what you tend to do, what you tend to love, your passions that you have, but that's the same for your kiddos. What are the passions that they have? For example, Owen, our youngest, not about sports, like he'll even say it, I don't do sports, like it's funny, first time you'll meet him maybe sometime, he'll go, I don't do sports, but Graham is all sports, right? He's all sports. And so we've got to find for each of your, for our kids and each of your kids, like they're all different. And so we've got to point them towards the direction of their passions and finding that and how it relates to the big story of what God wants to do and directing them in that. So how has God wired your, ch your children and how can they be used for missional purpose? All right. The third one is this, is your possessions. And I don't just mean the material things that you have, okay? We've talked about this before, this idea of capital, 
right? The capital that you have as a person or as an individual, all right? So I've got the definition of capital for you, all right? It's this. It's wealth in the form of money, all right? So there's the financial piece, or other assets, right? Or other assets owned by a person contributed for a particular person or a purpose, excuse me. But those are the things that you can contribute. And so when we begin to instill that in our kiddos, hey, look, you may not have any money, right? But you can serve or you can help in this way or that. We begin to allow them to see, look, it may not be financial capital, but it might be intellectual capital. It might be physical capital. Just being present and being a part of somebody's life. It may be relational capital. Like who do you know and who do you connect with spiritual capital and what you can offer in that way as well? So from a standpoint of relational capital, this is what it looked like for me as an as a 18-year-old about to go to college, all right? My dad knew several folks in our community and in our city and in our church that were businessmen, right? Successful businessmen by, by a worldly, earthly standpoint. Like lots of money, big houses, all these different things, but also they were followers and lovers of Jesus, and he brought six of those guys together, and we came to this restaurant. It's a steak restaurant, right? Like man meal, here we go. Okay, and we walk in the steak restaurant. He had gotten a room in the back, and we went to the back, and we sat down, and my dad said, I want these six men to share with you the secret to success. Now, he had already kind of like prompted them, right? But the secret to success was nothing about their businesses, but it was all about their spiritual life and their spiritual foundation. And that's where he pointed me right before I go into college. Hey, look, these are the things that you need to be pursuing and going after. But I still remember that now, however many years that was, sitting in that restaurant and hearing that from those men. See, he used relational capital, relational equity to pour into my life as his son. All right, so when we do this, we show our children, but not only our children, look here, our nieces, our nephews, our cousins, and our friends or our friends' kids, we show them the path that they should go, okay? And when we have margin, guess what? That margin allows us to build that in our, in our kids' lives and in our lives as well. It allows us this opportunity to pour into them, all right? So let me ask you this question. Could your family, all right, put time in your schedule for the sake of your children, could you sacrifice a couple of your activities for a little bit of development and growth in your children? Now, a couple of months or about a month ago, we did this whole series about being a family on mission, right? Going and being on mission. And you're like, okay, so you're telling us to stay at home. That seems a little bit counterintuitive there. But here's the thing, all right? It's going to be hard for your family to be on mission if you never sit down and talk about the mission. Let me say that again. It's going to be hard to be a family on mission if you never sit down and talk about the mission. We need to find time to be intentional in our children's lives. Like I said before, we have a ton of young families. I don't know if you guys know this, but one-third of our congregation is kids. One-third. So, like, they're all out there. Right? And we have people that serve in Kid City and do that each and every week. But the reason that they're so important for us, we have one third of you guys who are here on a Sunday are kiddos, all sixth grade and under. Right? Like we have an awesome opportunity to invest in our kiddos. But guess what? It's not the church's responsibility, it's us as parents and the time that we spend with them 
to do that. Absolutely, we'll come alongside and we'll help. We'll point them towards that. But it's the parent and it's the family, okay? So, I want you to understand, like, this isn't a message of shaming, all right? But a message of, hey, look, we've got something that we can pour into and point our kids towards and look forward to, all right? So, what was the problem? The problem was we don't have enough time, all right? So let's tell time what to do, and let's take charge of our calendar. Now, the last thing I have for you is this, okay? Columbia University did a study several years ago, and they found that the number one deterrent of your child underage smoking, drinking, doing drugs, or engaging in gang involvement is dinner with the family at least three nights a week. The number one deterrent, Columbia University study, family time around the dinner table. Let's make it a priority, right? Let's begin to point our kids in the way and the direction that we want them to go. So here's the thing. Let's tell time what to do. Let's take charge of the calendar. On that calendar, you're probably going to need to work. So let's make work a mission field, right? And let's find some margin and use the table as a place to connect. And use the table to, as a place to connect with not only friends and new faces, but also with the family. Can you join me in that? Can you do that? And for those of you who don't have kiddos, guess what? You can grow your family. You say, well, I'm not married. Okay, then let's find a family and let's connect there. Let's grow around the table. Sound good? All right, let me pray for us and we'll continue. We've got some awesome worship to keep going. So Father, we thank you so much. And first off, Lord, I just want to pray for protection and strength as we step into and continue to walk through this season of applying your biblical principles to our life. And Lord, those things that come up around us, whether it be in our finances or whether it be in our time, Lord, I pray that you will just protect us in that area. And Lord, I pray that we see on the other side of that that you have better and greater for us. And Lord, in that, I pray that we can continue to walk in boldness and confidence of what you're asking us to do. And Lord, as we talk about this idea of pouring into our children, Lord, I just pray over our kids. And Lord, I just pray that you'll protect them as well. Lord, I pray for their future spouses even now. Lord, that you will prepare them and Lord, that their hearts will just knit together and mesh together well. And Lord, that they can be and create just a second generation of a family that will be on mission for you. And Lord, we just lift those young people to you. Whether they're currently at home now with mom or dad or, Lord, they are out in the school or wherever they may be at the park, Lord, may they see that they are a part of a bigger story than just themselves. But, Lord, they are a part of the mission of what you so desire to do to bring kingdom and to bring kingdom to this earth. And, Lord, that's a fun and exciting mission to be a part of. And it's so much bigger than just themselves. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word and, and how it can speak into our lives and direct us. And Lord, I pray for these past couple weeks as we've begun to find margin. I pray that it's been a blessing to our families. And Lord, it's been an opportunity for us to find intentionality with those around us. And we look forward to how you're going to continue to move as we talk about finances over these next several weeks. And Lord, how you continue to change just our hearts for generosity and for those around us. We praise you 
In your son's name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us today, and thank you for supporting New City Church's ministry. If this inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Have a great day.